This is the Fleet Street Fox column for Monday, May the 9th, 2022. A black Doctor Who? What next? Davros in a wheelchair and Daleks without any legs? The most important thing to remember when dealing with cults is that you need to change just one letter to find out who you'll be dealing with most often. Because fans, believers and others who keep the faith are like all groups of humans. 90% spectate and 10% are human vuvuzelas and make a disproportionate amount of noise. Most of the time it's fairly harmless, and these noisy few can often turn out to be the ones who run the fan clubs, polish the pews and organise the socials. Without them, there'd be none of those things. The problems begin when the most determinedly cultish act, well, like cults. Cue the news that the next incarnation of The Doctor will be a young black man who's kissed a boy on screen and bang goes the starting gun on all those who can't be arsed with the boring business of running a cult but are right up for bullying, abuse and the apocalypse. Doctor woke, they type online. Defund the BBC, I'll never pay the licence fee again. I suppose the next series will involve a disabled trans activist in a wheelchair. End times. They'll never stop to wonder if Davros ever had a gender reveal or whether Daleks would qualify for a blue badge off the local council. And heaven knows what they'll do when they realise that omnisexual time-travelling aliens with two hearts generally aren't straight white men. They're not even human, you fools! While the actors who played the Doctor during the previous 13 incarnations have been heterosexual males, the creature's fictional timeline is peppered with men, women and alien beings that it has either resembled or engaged with in a complicated pansexual relationship. When I was growing up, the coverage of Doctor Who was constantly questioning whether he would be having a fling with a female companion without once questioning if the Doctor was a he at all or if the companion had in fact been groomed and kidnapped. They were invariably much younger, vulnerable and from a dodgy estate. I think we all know that story is usually much bigger than it appears from the outside. There were doctors who were camp, who were tall or short, chubby or thin, northern or southern. No one seemed to wonder why, on a planet of several billion people, about 90% of whom have darker skin tones, the alien tried to blend in by being white. Silly alien. Come to that, no one questioned why you spent quite so much time in Britain. You have all of time and space laid out at your feet, alien who looks just like Christopher Ecclestone. There's the missing link, the Big Bang, Gondwana land, the end of the dinosaurs. Why the hell do you keep going back to mid-noughties Cardiff? It wasn't questioned because the answer was obvious. The regeneration of the franchise was based in Wales, so level up the regions long before Boris thought of it. The money was made available because it was filmed there. Auntie could hardly pay the High Council of Gallifrey to film in their town hall, could she? And that's where the cultishness collapses. Because if one aspect of this outlandish yarn is a pragmatic production requirement, then the faithful must likewise accept other changes for the same reasons. Sorry, cult, but spoilers will follow. The Doctor regenerated, not because his mortal body was beyond repair, but because the actor's contract came to an end. One or two had opinions or personal lives that made them unemployable. The TARDIS's chameleon circuit isn't really broken. It's a 1960s police box because the BBC had no money for anything more extravagant. And the Doctor was, over the years, flirting with his companions, talking Mancunian or a female, not to tick a box, but because otherwise it would be boring. And a TV show 
with plots so obtuse that a degree in quantum physics is required to follow them can get boring very quickly indeed for the 90% of fans who aren't shouty prats. That's why the Doctor, and indeed the real world, changes. Life is like one very long scarf, being knitted with whatever comes to hand at that moment in time. And so the recruitment of Enkuti Gatwa to be the 14th Doctor has done three very important things. First, the visiting alien has chosen a form in which it is infinitely more believable, sharing it with a vast majority of darker-skinned humans on this particular planet, for which it has formed a baffling but geographically precise attachment that's convenient for the BBC and Cardiff, but inexplicable to everyone else. Second, it has with one signature on a contract attracted a younger audience who will have watched him as Eric on Netflix's hit show Sex Education and will now happily migrate to terrestrial TV and in doing so will guarantee the future of the world's longest running science fiction television series. Both of these things mean fresh funding and a horde of new believers, which would be enough to delight the likes of Scientology, the Westboro Baptist wingnuts or even the Church of England. Anyone who thinks it's destructive to have a young black actor in the role is merely a racist, and there's a different cult for them. But thirdly, Nkuti Gatwa's doctor also proves that refugees add to Britain's cultural hinterland. They make us think a little bit harder about things, and probably shouldn't be made to go to Rwanda if they don't want to, especially if they've left it once already. As a wise doctor, the second, I think, once said, Life depends on change and renewal. Or to put it another way, when the scarf gets a bit longer, there's just more to keep you warm. This is the Fleet Street Fox column for Friday, May the 13th, 2022. Boris Johnson nails his own coffin lid down by threatening to sack 91,000 civil servants. Nothing says regime change like a purge of people who do all the work. When the tanks are getting blown up, the war crimes are caught on camera and the ragtag army of defenders turns out to be better trained and informed than the world's biggest army, Vladimir Putin puts his intelligence officials under house arrest, throws conscripts at Ukrainian guns and sacks any surviving generals. And when his government is mired in scandal, drowning in crises and tripped up daily by the silly string left over from a lot of the night befores, Boris Johnson vows to fire 91,000 civil servants without checking if he needs them. Had he googled, what does the civil service do? The very first hit would have taken him to the civil service jobs website, which states... The civil service delivers public services and supports the government of the day to develop and implement its policies. Ah, the work civil servants do touches all aspects of life in the UK, from education and the environment to transport and defence. Cripes! Our work is everything from advising ministers on policy to delivering frontline services. You could be working as a vet, a customer service advisor, a weapons engineer, a marine biologist or a web developer. Crivens and bugger and we're going to need a bigger cat. In public, the government logic is that there are far too many civil servants, they were all recruited to do Brexit, and now that it's done, 91,000 can be got rid of. In private, 
the logic is more to do with the pressing political need for tax cuts and to save a few billion by firing people who don't own a peloton and earn an average wage of £28,100. And in reality, the actual number of civil servants working on Brexit was just over 16,000, more than 10,000 of them redeployed from other roles, according to evidence given to Parliament in 2019 by uh, the head of the civil service. Which means that, if the hopelessly optimistic can consider Brexit done, that'll mean losing 5,000 jobs. The remaining 86,000, therefore, will be people who actually keep the country's lights on. And as anyone who's ever been in a round of redundancies knows, it doesn't save any money. It just moves it to a different budget heading, so that payroll turns into consultancy, freelance and other, while tripling in value because now someone else takes a cut. The state still needs the work to be done, which is why in 2018 the big four privately owned consultancy firms signed deals worth £307 million with the government. PwC, Deloitte, Ernst & Young and KPMG won contracts to deliver services for the Ministry of Defence, High Rise England, the Home Office and the East Midlands Strategic Commercial Unit, to name just a few. Last year the government promised reform, but it hasn't appeared. So every job considered surplus to requirements will instead probably be provided by a multinational corporation which will cream a profit out of public service, while the actual public servants are paid less and have fewer employment rights. The Big Four also donate millions of pounds in time and resources to political parties on all sides, working on election-winning policies and providing manpower. Another firm, Infosys, has won central and local government contracts worth millions in the past few years, and just happens to provide the immense personal wealth of Akshata Murthy, otherwise known as Rishi Sunak's wife. It's an odd idea to fire 20% of the civil service when ministers have spent the past year griping about how more of them need to be in the office where they're more expensive and less productive. But then the Minister for Government Efficiency did decide to waste time, shoe leather, paper and ink to tour Whitehall and leave passive-aggressive little notes on desks rather than just send an email, so the government is at least being consistently oxymoronic. And of course, they've forgotten the most important thing of all. Those 91,000 jobs are all filled by people, with mortgages, rent, radiators, cars, children, caring responsibilities. If they don't work in the civil service, then they must find a job elsewhere. The Office for National Statistics says there are 1.3 million job vacancies in the UK, having doubled since Brexit threw out everyone who was doing the worst work. Most of these jobs are in social care, hospitality, construction and manufacturing. I don't know about you, but I'm very much looking forward to government adverts telling data crunchers, cyber threat specialists and public health modellers that their next job is cleaning a travel lodge. Throw in the fact that we're heading into a recession and suddenly threatening a fifth of your workforce with a sack sounds like the worst cell phone since P&O decided it didn't need sailors. Many of those 91,000 will need a payoff that is a multiple of their salary. Benefits, earlier pension payouts, tribunal costs or re-employment at greater expense as freelancers. The Prime Minister says, we've got to cut the cost of government to reduce the cost of living. But all it does is increase the cost of everything. And he could fire every last person in the civil service, shrink government and the state to the size of a second-class stamp and it would have zero impact on the price of oil or food beyond, perhaps, making them something that unemployed civil servants are prepared to kill for. Perhaps someone will tell him, eventually, that £28,000 a year civil servants working from home three days a week is the cheapest way to run a country. And perhaps they won't, for one, 
fairly fundamental reason. Because all the facts mentioned in this article, from tanks to policies, tax cuts, statistics, the data on how many civil servants there are and job vacancies in the UK over time, were produced by civil servants. They're integral to not just the functioning of the state, but what we know about it. And I'll bet my last pound that at least one of the 100 Whitehall staff fined for COVID lockdown parties was a civil servant assured by a politician that it was within the rules and coincidentally knows a lot about how the state is being run right now by Boris Johnson and his cabinet. Annoying them at this stage may be unwise. If a business owner had just threatened to fire 91,000 Brits, the Prime Minister would decry it as a national economic disaster. But when he's doing it to himself, unbidden and unnecessary, it's no different to nailing the lid shut on your own coffin.